Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name's Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He is the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. And also joining us for this edition, you know him as a senior sports editor of the ODPH. He is your coach. He is my coach. He is the coach. Coach Duffy. Let's get nerdy. Wow. All right, hey, you came to the right place for that. Definitely shout out to Tyler from 30 and Nerdy. Uh, we will definitely be talking about it because they we're doing another uh, throwback show, or what is the official title for it? It's like a mashup show. The mashup. Uh, with the WWE back when they used to do the super shows. Yes. So, there you go. So, which were like supposed to only be once in a while that turned into every week. Yes. So we're not saying that's going to happen again, but obviously <laughs> due to the... So as long as Mother Nature decides to screw us over. Exactly, because where we are in the Northeast, we are now having another problem with the snow impacting the recording schedule. But fear not, we are going to give you all the topics you hear on both ODPH shows, all under one banner. And Coach Duffy definitely has some nerdy stuff to talk about this week. I'm super excited to get going on it, so let's waste no more time, shall we? Join in the conversation on social media. You can find all of our links and so much more at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. And always remember to use the hashtag ODPH. So let us talk that nerdy talk, shall we, gentlemen? Sure. It is time to recap the biggest show on the planet mm-hmm. right now. According, oh. according to Nielsen. Yeah, according to Nielsen. And that is Disney Plus's WandaVision. Is Does no- it beat out AEW, though, in 18 to 35? Because I doubt it. <laughs> I will definitely research mm-hmm. that. Oh, that would be amazing if it did, though. Mm, but it might. But, I mean, 3% down is still a gain. So, like, it's cool. You're using that Steiner math on me again. <laughs> that throws me off every time. But it is true. The number one show, according to Nielsen, is WandaVision. Yeah. How, how absolutely wild rightfully is that? Show, rightfully so. Sh- ah. Yeah. Rightfully so. I mean, I figured it, w- it would be pretty big numbers anyway, but I think the, the lack of MCU content for the last year is really what's pushing the numbers that people are so you know people would have checked it out anyway just i don't think they would have checked it out as fast as they are now because of because of the you know dry spell i also think it helps the like we talked about last or two weeks ago the implications that this show is going to lead to yeah you know what i mean like i mean if it if it was just your run-of-the-mill you know uh agents of shield which i know you know you guys like sure but just was a throw-by show yeah it wouldn't get this but i mean it's no. literally gonna lead to the next two movies that come out so well and somebody on reddit pointed out that there's going to be marvel content every week of the year now this is assuming the films come out on time but if the films come out when they're supposed to this year there will be marvel content every week for the rest of the year how does that sound to you coach i mean i'm here for it i'm definitely I, I mean here for we've it. been consuming i can't wait wandavision's going to an hour for the next three episodes so i'm here for that Yes, that's the big news going on with that as well, that they're expanding the time on this. So I'm not exactly sure what that is supposed to entail, if that was uh, supposed to be the original plan or not. I just hope that it's not the end credits or an extra <laughs> 45 minutes long because <laughs> I keep thinking that, again, this another week goes by and I'm watching the episode and then the end trailer hits and I'm like, wait, we're here again? And you, know, you fast forward through the end credits 
It's like seven minutes of end credits. Yeah, they packed seven a minutes. lot in there. It's nuts. It is absolutely wild, especially when you think about it for television. But they definitely have the fans guessing. And if everybody's sitting through seven minutes of credits, too, on TV, that's a, that's something to be applauding about. Which, I mean, if we can, I would like to uh, tip of the cap to you, uh, Padawan, here, as you nailed it with the uh, bubble or hex possibly changing people's chemistry with um, what came out in this last episode. Yeah, no, I mean, it was just a lucky guess on my part. I yeah. did not know anything. But, you, I mean, I, of all the theories I've had, nothing has come to fruition. That one was pretty spot on. Yeah, so let's deep dive into it, shall we? So we are going to be talking spoilers about the most recent episode of WandaVision, episode 6, titled All New Halloween Spooktacular. So if you haven't seen the episode for whatever reason, we are giving you fair warning right now. We're going to deep dive into the latest going on with Wanda Maximoff and the Vision in three, two, one. Pad, what did you think? I thought it was a really great episode. Uh, loved everything about it. And again, more questions than answers. Coach? I love the Malcolm the Middle theme. I was actually really like kind of excited for it. Uh, Billy and Tommy getting to kind of take the reins of the episode were a little bit different. Um, from what we've been adjusted to, I guess you can say. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was very, you know, uh, different to see the perspective from them Uh, and more just vision, you know, and and characters starting to show cracks um, that we'd seen previously. You know, I mean, vision's definitely on to something. Obviously, it leads to him finding out (laughs) uh, what was going on. And, and, you know, now we see the boys have powers, which is super cool. And, uh Pietro, question mark, uh, what the hell? Yeah, this is where things are really raising more questions, which I love mm-hmm. about the show because the pacing about this, I know at the beginning it was turning a lot of people off, but now we're getting those big payoffs with this. And I think that this is where the show is really hitting their stride because where we jump into this episode is is set now in the early 2000s. It's like a late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, late 90s, right. early 2000s. And we do have that Malcolm in the Middle They were opening. playing PlayStation 1. So. Yep, yep. Okay. I, I couldn't, like, the time frame kind of threw me off because I'm like, okay, trying to time where the 80s we were last episode, and now we just kind of jump right into the late 90s. Right, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, we skipped a little bit of the, the grunge rock era, I guess yeah, you can say, but that was all right. There, what I mean, what really TV shows could they have borrowed from from that mid '90s standpoint, that would have worked with the show because I mean, Boy Meets World. Yeah, maybe they already did the Full House stuff in that yeah. in the you know '80s slash. I mean, I guess last episode could be considered '80s early '90s because they did the Full House gimmick, I mean, like a Will Smith Family Matters type of thing is the only yeah. thing coming to mind, or a Fresh Prince, I should say. Yeah, they've done a great job about mixing in so many different shows in one. Right, and, and then yeah. trying to capture the time period, it just threw me for a little bit as we're like, okay, we're really jumping ahead now, but as we see. We now have the boys are growing up faster than expected. Tommy and Billy, the twins, are now developing their own powers, which is a little wild to see. But if you know the comics, you knew this was to be expected. Yeah. Right. We have Uncle Pietro, played by Evan Peters. Well, not even just you know the comics. <laughs> well, no, Evan P- uh, Pietro, played by Pietro. In the t- in the uh, thing they did, uh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they yeah. didn't, they, him playing himself. Yeah. So Well, after last week when we saw him appear on the show, that set the internet on fire. We now see him being the mischievous uncle. Yep. 
to the family and yeah. and seeing how everybody's getting ready for Halloween yeah. and seeing the Wanda coming down the hallway in her traditional Scarlet Witch costume, which was yep. her first one from the comics. Uh, yeah. Sokovia fortune teller, though. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what she was trying to spin it <laughs> yeah. as. And I love how they kind of just mix that in a little bit yeah. because, I mean, obviously when you see that costume, everybody goes, that was her first costume from the comics. And I, and I loved an interview I read she did where – she had to pitch and push Marvel to do that costume because when she was reading the scripts and they were doing a read-through, Vision had his costume on for that episode when they had initially wrote it, but she didn't have anything. Or she had like some random, you know, average costume you'd see in the 90s. But she had to push, go, no, listen, if Vision's going to do his classic costume, I have to wear mine. Well, mm-hmm. maybe it was more because, I mean, it's a little more... Uh... Revealing, risque, guess, a little risque, bit. Yeah. maybe. Um, I mean, I so I had to tell Aaron, um, you know, when we were watching the show, what those were, because I was like, this episode, I was really like, all right, this shit, like, there's a lot going on. I need you to like yeah. focus in on this because a lot about. of stuff's gonna, yeah. Well, not only just that, just a lot of stuff's gonna go over your head. So like, when they came out and they did that, I, yep. I paused it. And I'm like, this is their comic book outfits. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, I would not have known. So thank you for telling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They definitely kind of skim past that. But for everybody that's read the comics growing up, you know who they were. Yeah. And then when you see Vision come down the stairs, he is wearing a version of his costume. Yeah. Uh, albeit, though, he completely 2000 dad it. Yeah. With, yeah. With the shorts. Shorts, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Which was very cool. And as he was telling Wanda that he's going to be on neighborhood watch duty for mm-hmm. Halloween. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. he? Yeah, which I thought she didn't write that into the. I, I mean, she didn't. She wasn't aware. She I guess wasn't I should aware. say. Well, yeah. and I feel like she should have like realized. Well, I realize she's got a lot going on just in her, you know, family life and everything going on. But I feel like with as much as he's been questioning and pushing her, uh, her about what's going on and what's this, what's that, I feel like she should have seen through that. Well, maybe, but at the same point, though, I think we've seen over recent episodes that she's getting more blinded by her own powers. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And that she's buying into the reality she's created. That she's not picking up on certain aspects that she was as sharp as the sh- series had begun. She's almost Stockholm syndroming herself. Yes, yeah, you know, a in a way, like, analogy. yeah, like I mean, obviously, it's just when you're captured, you almost become yeah, uh, yeah, on the side of the captors. Yeah, and that's almost what she's doing. Like she's so blinded and caught up in the sitcom lifestyle that she's like losing sight of like things slowly unraveling, you know, throughout Westview. Yeah. So at this point, though, she's kind of just buying into everything going on. And when Vision takes off, she doesn't really blink an eye to it, which was kind of a little telling. Elizabeth Olsen has been playing this character so brilliantly this season. Yeah. yeah. I want to applaud that. So during this segment, though, Pietro steps up and says, oh, I'll take the kids trick-or-treating. Yeah. Yep. You know, being the you know cool uncle. Yep. And he starts running around, and they're raising holy hell through oh the town. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stealing everybody's candy. Well, the scene was with one of the other, the Stanley yeah. Uh, the other uh, watcher. Or Herbie, uh, you're thinking. Herbie, Herbie. Uh, and he was, you know, they're talking, and he's on the radio on the comm, and what? All the pumpkins have been smashed. And you see Pietro in the background smashing all the pumpkins with the boys. Uh, all, the, all the candy's been taken everyone, from the town, too. Uh, everyone's standing there checking their bags. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, oh, what, what, what's this? Everybody's covered in teepee? And, like, <laughs> watching him get teepeed while this is Like, that was, I mean, that's just clever. Oh, it was very smart to play, because now that the powers are starting to merge in the twins. Yeah. Pietro is noticing this and obviously taking a little mentorship to Tommy, sure. who yep. you know, is revealed to be the speedster. Chip off there. the old Maximoff block. Exactly. Yeah. So Wanda figures this out and is like, you boys better figure this out and make everything right. 
So at this stage, we see Vision is not on that neighborhood watch duty, as he says. He's starting to explore more areas of Westview. I mean, it was neighborhood watch. Just not, his, na- just yeah. not his neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, he definitely starts going into some uncharted He was doing water. some sort of sleuthing, just not you know the sleuthing he was supposed to be doing. Yes. So as he's starting to exploring that, he finds some residents almost in a trance. Yeah. Don't, like zombified yeah which was wild to see yeah that the dark side of westview was this yeah well i was so we were we were talking when they said about not running past the street and i was almost like you know especially when it's the woman hanging the thing up and back and forth yeah Yeah, i was almost you know we were Aaron and i were talking i was like well maybe because they're so off quote-unquote camera Right. That like her focus isn't on them, so she's not worried about what they're doing. So she just, you know, she being Wanda, just leaves them in the position that they were last, involving the quote unquote show. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only thing I could think of, of as be. to why they're being stuck there. Because then obviously later on, Vision bumps into Agnes. Agnes, yep. But before we get into that, on the outside of the hexagon bubble. Oh, and I have a beef with this oh so we'll get there go ahead recap it we do see that monica and jimmy have been taken off the case by hayward and well so did and darcy Darcy, was with them too because they were disagreeing about hayward is obsessed with this idea of attacking wanda in westview which i had to pause again to tell aaron that like this is really important to know because it seems like phase four from the the trailers for uh, Winter and Falcon, and, or yeah, Winter Soldier and Falcon, and uh, some of the other things that are coming out, it just seems like Phase Four is setting up for this like universe of us versus them. That seems like that. In yeah, degree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I've read a lot of you know a lot of the theories and everything, and it just seems like you know because uh, uh, Zemo and his. Uh, monologue in the trailer for Captain Winter so- and or the Winter Soldier thing talked about how he needed to finish his work. He needs to end. You know there can't be a world with heroes. And I was just like, oh okay, like there's something fishy going on here with with this. Well, I think the main overtone that we're seeing thus far is just kind of piggyback off what you're saying. And, oh, and the Sokovian Accord keeps getting brought back yeah. up. That with the events of Thanos, I think the world post. Endgame is now starting to look at how do we prevent this yeah, from happening again. Right, yeah. And I think that this is going to be a major focus going forward because what they want to say is going for the future Yeah, is we've now lived through this. Five years have gone from the planet. I think everybody is now starting to come to that realization that time has elapsed. Well, and especially the, you've got to figure a lot of like figures in power and, and government officials have got to be sitting there going, all right, we already had this one incident where part, if not a whole country got dropped from terminal velocity onto the planet. We put a whole bunch of rules in place about what you can and can't do. And in result, half of the planet still got wiped out. Yeah, you still, you still didn't do what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. So now that this is going to be an overlying theme moving forward, and you see Hayward is now being very obsessive about this. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing that really is striking a chord because he's not acting rational about no, this. Like he is no. really trying to cover something up by taking care of Wanda. Right. Now we have seen in previous episodes, we saw the footage of Wanda breaking in and trying to steal or stealing Vision's body yeah. right. from where it was being kept. But and it, the and the, the him talking about how they've focused their attention on building internal um uh things to external more uh powerful weapons right yes because now sword is kind of shifted away from the space portion 
of what they were being. It is now just sentient weapons. Yep. So what is going to be sentient? This is kind of where the mystery is unfolding and where after Hayward removes Darcy, Jimmy, and Monica from the case, they wind up rebelling a bit in a very cool fight scene where yeah. yes. they escape and go back in for a hack. Now, here here was my beef with the show. Okay. okay. Dude, this is a... Uh, a base with security guards. Sure. Three ba- three security guards walk these three people out, and nobody else is there paying attention or seeing what's going on. Like, they literally just yeah. beat the shit out of these security guards and then just walk right through the base. Now, sure, they were wearing hats and a jacket, yeah. but, like, they literally got everywhere they needed to go with zero problems. The only thing I could say about that is... Hayward has everybody so focused on Wanda. Sure. That they're, they're, so fo- they're so busy looking forward. Yeah, they're so busy looking forward. They're not, they got and, tunnel vision. And well, that, and Aaron said the same. She was like, well, I mean, like, think about what's going on. And I was like, I get that. But like, to not have some Joe Schmo randomly walking the base, yeah. being like, hey, weren't you three escorted out of here? You know, like. Well, and I thought initially when they took out the three guards, and I'm like, oh, well, shit, somebody's going to notice right. that when they go when they go for a shift change. But I don't think enough time had passed right. where there was enough time for a shift change Dude, for that to happen. Plankton gets caught more on SpongeBob SquarePants than these guys got caught on this. Facts. You're not, you're not wrong. Facts. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a little ridiculous. Oh, it was. But I think just trying to spin it to a way that makes somewhat sense, because I do agree yeah. it is ridiculous. But I think everybody is so focused on Hayward, or it could be something coming out of the energy field that's thrown off the perception of reality. So they're, yeah. they're, they're so focused on Hayward, or they're so focused on keeping him appeased. Because if he's already flying off the handles enough to get three people thrown off the base, two of which arguably probably in Monica and Darcy know more about what the hell's going on in there than anybody else on the base. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back, where like he chokes the one guy on the bridge, and everyone else is like, "Shit!" Dot your eyes, cross your T's, yeah, type of thing. Like if he's already throwing these two off the base, and they're the best people they got, we better placate this guy. Well, and Aaron said, and Aaron made a good point too. It's it's a large base, yeah. So, yeah. Like they were, you yeah, know, not on the necessarily the out, outskirts of the base, but they were removed away enough from where yeah. the focus was that right but it just you know it was one of those things where it's like all right this is pretty convenient for our heroes to get through it makes sense but that was the way i kind of took it too because yeah the fact that they snuck back in and i think hayward just has everybody walking on so much pins and needles yeah and i think that maybe some people saw what happened but then go oh you guys are going back in to save the day because we know that hayward is losing his shit well it also could be a case of those people were on guard duty and most other people won't give a shit who's on guard duty right is one of those kind of factors that is just playing into the sides are starting to get divided. There's cracks in Haywood's foundation, and Monica, Darcy, and Jimmy are figuring this out because once yeah. they go back in and they start hacking into the files, they do find out that Hayward has been tracking Vision's vibranium signature. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what he's exactly doing with it, they didn't get time to figure through because Darcy was still digging through the files. Yeah, she, she said, what did she say? She's like, there's one more firewall I got to break through. And right. she was literally cracking it as, yeah. you know, we see Vision yeah. on the outskirts of town. Well, because... Well, it, we got to get to yeah. him finding well, Agnes, too. Quickly, though, you mentioned the track and the vibration. We knew that, though, because I can't remember specifics, but there was an episode where it was mentioned... They were tracking vibranium, or, yeah. or that somebody mentioned something about vibranium in, in the city. So we knew he was doing that. We, I think it was something like a beacon that he was using almost. It was something that I think he was using almost to form a weapon too. But the file that they were trying to track, I believe, had the name elliptical on it. Something or like optical that. rather. Something uh, yeah, like optical. That, yeah. yeah. Yes. 
which could be code for vision. Right. Right. So the guess I'm having with this is he was trying to track vision down to recreate him mm. and make him into a weapon for sword. Could be. Or... Because well, if they already recreated him once... Right. Could they do it again? And the, But the only scary thing, which this opens up another door for, if they have Vision on file, yeah, where was Vision's original file with? Tony Stark. Stark Industries, yeah. Who else was there? Ultron. Yeah. So could Ultron secretly be working behind the scenes here? All I'm going to say with that is I read a thing online that uh, James Spader, who of course played Ultron in the films, uh, currently on the NBC show The Blacklist. While they were filming uh, this show, he uh, was missing for a week while they were filming Blacklist at the same time. Well, I mean, not saying he's going to be on there, but like right. he was on he's on black. He's a regular main character on The Blacklist was missing for a week, missed an episode while they were filming WandaVision at the same time. I mean, in th- Ultron's been brought up yeah. on the show. Right. I mean, that was... And they showed him in the, keeps, the They scene. keep suggesting the goddamn movie after every episode when I'm yeah. done watching. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little more smoke to that fire. I just I can't exactly put my finger on it. Because at one point, I know I was reading online after watching this episode that people thought Hayward was Ultron, and I'll say he wasn't. That'd be wild. That'd be nuts. Yeah. Because I know that Ultron has sometimes done that in the comics where he's, sure. where he's con- concealed sure. himself yeah. as, a, as a human. But for how he's acting so irrational. Yeah, I was say Ultron was very calculating. Yeah, like it just it wouldn't fit up the MLB. Yeah, but he was and wasn't because, yeah. I mean, there was moments where he was in a fit of where he was enraged and just wasn't thinking. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, that could be something that Hayward something. is him, but I like I just say I can't pull a, a finger on it just yet. But I would say with that file though, if they have Vision backed up, it's not all the realm of thought for Ultron to be there. Yeah. And as we see with the Vision though, when everybody's attention gets shifted away from tracking down our fugitives, mm-hmm. we see Vision starting to come through the portal after yeah. he runs into Agnes at the edge of town. And the interesting thing I want to know with Agnes is he touches her on the head and does the same thing like he did the last episode or whatever, previous two episodes ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And Agnes comes to and goes and basically has a similar reaction, not as much pain, but goes, you know, oh, you've got to stop her. You know, she's in control of all this. And now maybe she's playing along, maybe, she, you know, but kind of maybe taking some smoke off the she's Agatha Harkness. Yeah, it was definitely a, a um, that scene definitely had me like, wait, what? Because I, I, I had her, pegged. I, I thought I had her pegged, like, because the scene, one of the prior episodes, oh, do you want to take it from the top? Mm-hmm. I, I screwed up that line. Do you want, like, I'm like, she fucking knows. She's, yeah, she's, she's aware. She's behind all of this. The, the boys growing up right in front of her. Yeah, like, yeah. She she knows. Well, she, everything. she makes the line. She you know the boys grow up right in front of her, and she goes, "Oh, let's hope the dog stays the same size." Yeah, type of thing. I'm like shit, she knows. But then yeah. you have this scene, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, it was a very telling scene, and Catherine Hahn, like I say, has been balancing that point where you don't know where her true intentions are as Agnes. Well, you yep. think that you do, and then it takes a left turn. <laughs> exactly, and she does this so brilliantly too. That when Vision is trying to figure her out, he puts her back in the trance. Right. And is like. She just drives off. She yeah. just drives off, even though she had been, quote unquote, lost. Could have been that she was trying to break away. And stuck at the, with the light, yeah. with her light mm-hmm. switch on. She yep. just then turns and completes her turn. Yep. Yeah. So it was a very interesting thing. Like for me, the way I took it is she was trying to leave town and Wanda caught her. Could be. Because the fact that when Vision touched her head, she started remembering everything again. But I was also, she remembered Vision was dead. Well, no, that's the thing. is she, she touched her head. She went to her, like, outside Westview bubble, like, wait, you're an Avenger. 
you're you're dead. Like, why are you here? Yeah. And then, well, Vision, I'm dead. Yeah. Avengers, yeah. what? Like, like he, he has no. Again, my theory that he's recreated just without the memories involved because he doesn't remember anything before yeah. Westview. Yeah. So as he makes the break through the portal, Hayward and company are waiting for him. Yeah. Yep. Where Darcy, Monica, and Jimmy tries running in to stop them. But Darcy, or actually well, Darcy those, gets captured. Those two, yeah, Monica those two split off. to go find her engineer friend. Yes. Because, Whoever that is. Because Monica has got in touch with her engineer friend. Yep. The internet is running wild with this. So every major engineering name has been thrown around. Yeah, yeah. that you could possibly think of. Say Reed Richards, Hank McCoy. Yeah. Every, I, every name's been thrown around. I think the Von sa- Doom I saw somebody yeah, say yeah, too. Yeah. Doom could be in the in the discussion. Doom would make a lot of sense. Reed would make a lot of sense. I will my, say, my first thought was Banner, but I'm like, yeah, no, he's not engineering really. He's not really engineering no. enough. But I definitely think that it's going to be Richards or Doom. Uh, that's my safe bet. Yeah. I just haven't figured out which one because... Could be McCoy pre-X-Men uh, stuff. Well, the only thing that keeps coming back in this perspective, not to get off task too much, but we have heard Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany talk about there, there's supposed to be a Luke Skywalker sure. level... Of somebody, and because uh, 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 Nerd uh, New Rockstar uh, posted, and they had a video where they talked about like the theory, and Paul Bettany gave a little, like little clues, like you got to pay attention to the video, and he's like, I've always wanted to work with this person, I've I've uh, always wanted to do like, so they started listing like the actors that he's worked with, and like of them there was only so many like character selections that that person could have played mm-hmm. that it was like oh cuz like it's not um the uh magneto cuz right. he was with him in uh sir ian mckellen uh he was with him in uh the oh, god the movie uh da vinci code oh okay. so like, it can't yeah, be yeah, yeah. it can't be him so they're like all right he's out but could be fastbender like so there's like so many theories of what this star wars level Luke Skywalker appearance could be. Yeah. See, with all that coming into play and now the fact that the aero engineer is involved. Right. I'm going to say this, and I, I know I'm going to kind of downplay the Luke Skywalker level because, I, like I said, my prediction was still Downey Jr. in a flashback scene. So I'm going to say it's it's we're going to see Reed Richards and it's going to be John Krasinski. I fucking would pop so Because hard. everybody is so excited and like I know his name has been attached to that Dude, character. He is Reed Richards, right? Like I know, and yeah. But, but with that level, that's the only thing I could think they could do because I think when they said the Luke Skywalker level, right? I mean, we all know, oh yeah, that's like a franchise guy. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, that is a yeah, yeah, that's a that's a franchise movie carrying level star. Yeah, that's been fan depicted for this role for. Eons. Yeah. Like, yeah. since the Marvel Universe came out and they were like, you know, the the Fantastic Four movies were like, all right, they're toast. It was him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always been John Krasinski, Krasinski. So, yeah, for him to show up on this, it, I don't know if it would necessarily have the Luke Skywalker pop because, like, obviously... Luke Scott, you know, it's yeah. Luke Scott, but this would be... It'd be big. It'd be, it'd it'd be, be big, big because the thing is, he hasn't played the role yet. So, right. like, he hasn't been right. Reed it, Richards. Right, it's still big because, A, it's Krasinski, and, B, it's Reed Richards, which attachment to Fantastic Four, which they've announced they're working on. Right. Yeah. So, if they decided to do that as the cast reveal for it, just him. Yeah. Oh, it would be perfect. That'd be the great... That'd be the segue that you need to just mark this movie out. And if anybody isn't sure about that would be that big of a pop, let's remember when Evan Peters came back... As Quicksilver, after WandaVision, 
how absolutely bananas did social media go? Dude, every I mean, the theories and everything even still now with him and the way that the episode ends, which I know we'll get into. It's like, you still don't know. So, like, it's so many... Uh, them acquiring Fox was literally just the the uh, the Pandora box, mm-hmm. you know. Like Tony Khan wants to talk about the the door forbidden opening, door. the forbidden door. Like that, literally, that is the forbidden door. Like them purchasing Fox, the things that they can do, and the mind that Kevin Feige has. Like the dude's probably just sitting in a room with padded walls right now, just writing out ideas yeah. because he's like, I have so many playthings. Yeah, I don't even know what to do with myself. Well, that's the beauty that they're going to have, but it's also going to be a juggling act too, because sure. you know, to do each character justice, they really got to be making sure they line it up with the perfect casting and perfect writing and perfect scenario. And that's what Krasinski is. Yeah, and that's why I say that would be the big move that happens with them. So their story is done for now, but for everybody that's back at Westview, we see that Vision is now breaking through the the barrier. He's starting to shatter apart. Yeah, Hayward is trying to acquire him. Yep. But the psionic call-out was picked up by Billy, Yep, yep. Wanda's child. And Wanda has been tied up this entire episode talking with Pietro. And, and a very he, odd conversation. Yeah. A, a, a very a very fourth wall-esque yeah. conversation. Like, very Pietro. Because, like, the whole time with his character, we haven't known whether he's in the show or what his involvement was. And this conversation that he had with him, uh, with her, was very fourth wall breaking. Yeah, I agree. how'd you do it? How'd you do this? Where'd you get the power for this? Yeah, where'd, where'd you? How'd you start this? Yeah, what yeah. gave you the idea for this? You can tell me I'm your brother. Like yeah. very, very weird. It was a very weird conversation to say the least. And the only thing I can guess is, I'm not buying into the whole thing. He's Mephisto, right? Story. Right. No, I, like, that would be weak at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, if, I, if it if it's just Mephisto dressing up as him, that's a cop out. Yeah, I think that that would be such a letdown for fans. Could I see him being possibly Nightmare? Yes, because Nightmare has been connected to be the Doctor Strange 2 villain. Right, and that would make sense. And it would make sense, and plus Nightmare is a little bit below Mephisto, so obviously you know, if we talk about wrestling terms, you got to go through the faction to get to well, the champion. Well, not even just if it was Nightmare doing this, like it would make sense because maybe he doesn't, I don't know, he wouldn't be able to pull off the Pietro look, you know, or whatever. Like, there'd be a, a story that they could tell of why he had to do this Pietro instead of the, you know, this Peter instead of Pietro. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention the fact that if it is him, you know, that would also tie into now Wanda maybe also being part of being the bad guy of of the next movie too because she's blinded by, you know, what he's pulling, pulling with her brother. Yeah, because obviously somebody is giving her power. We right. don't We don't know the whole story yet. But we're trying to figure this out as well as everybody else. And Pietro's conversation was kind of awkward, too. Albeit, though, they did the flashback sequence, like when Vision was dead, mm-hmm. with Pietro having the bullet holes right. in him like they did Age of yeah, Ultron. right. Even though they kind of didn't blink. So, because I was all, almost thinking that it would be somebody else, but why would you have those bullet holes on him mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. if it's not Pietro? So my guess is with this is I know this is comics and it still sound weird, but when Wanda was reaching out, creating this world, she did tap into the multiverse. This is the MCU Fox version of Quicksilver now in our universe. Right. And I think what they did is they almost kind of merged them together. Yeah, it could be. So thus the recasting is there, but how would we not know that that's Pietro it, you know, like having the Darcy effect. Could be. I mean, I mean, we saw that, and I know the Flash, where he created the alternate timeline 
brought things back to normal, but then still had the memories of growing up. And, you know, when he saved his mom and his mom lived and whatever, he, he comes back. He's like, listen, I know my mom died all those years ago, but I still have the memories in my head of the, all the birthdays and all the cakes and all the gifts with her. Yeah. I think it's going to be something they're going to have to really play with. And I know that they've done transferring souls into different bodies. I'm not saying this out of the realm of thought for this in Could be. character as well. Right. But with this being said, though, Billy lets his mom know, hey, Vision's hurting. He's on the outskirts Dad, of town. Dad's hurting. Yeah. And Wanda immediately <laughs> handles the situation and expands the hexagon like Pad talked about. Yep. Yeah. And starts fucking fi- miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miles just covering ground, sucking up everything that was in their little uh in the military's bubble or Can sword I just bubble. say it was pretty goddamn funny when the bubble was expanding and you got the two soldiers running through the camp and the bubble <laughs> enc- encapsulates them and she turns them into clowns. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, "Well, there's a subtle message there." Yeah. Yeah. This was something that she warned Their them about. Their truck becomes like an ice cream truck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that she she warned them. She's like, "If you left me alone, you'd be fine." Yeah. But now you want to come into my world. This is what's going to happen. Darcy, unfortunately, is now stuck in this world, so we don't yep. know what's going to happen with her character. Goddamn cliffhangers. Yeah, but as the episode ends, you just see the bubble keep expanding, and you see everybody's trying to run away. Yep. Phenomenal ending for it. Yeah. Albeit, though, the commercial this week yeah. was a little... A little dark. A little dark, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't want to have a Yo Magic yogurt anytime soon. No, I mean, I was literally, that was my kids trying to open their damn yogurts. Yeah. That's all I could keep picturing. Like, yeah. yeah, this would be my kids not able to open those damn yogurt wrappers. Yeah. So, they're true. They're fucking sticky. Also, yeah, no, they are. I, I had, a, <laughs> you know, based off of Gogurt, I had a lot of Gogurt when I was a kid. They were pain in the ass. Yeah. So to see how this was going to play in in almost a Faustian deal as well, I know this is going to fuel the fire about Mephisto, no pun intended yeah. there. But. You almost have to wonder if he's lurking in the shadows, which would make a lot of sense. Yeah, Aaron thought throughout the uh, Herbie one, that's who she thinks it is. It, it's quite possible. I mean, I just I with him with the way that he was in that one episode where he's cutting the the fence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little weird. It's a little weird, but I almost think that it's somebody that Wanda's controlling. And with Mephisto, it would be the other way around. Right. Exactly. That's why. And that's what I was saying. That's like, what my back to her was. I was like. She like he wasn't aware like, but in that conversation they had with Agnes, it was like you know, did you tell him? Did you tell him? You can't tell him, you know. So that was weird. It was weird too, but that's why I think he's another side character though. Like yeah. he's not the big one. I like I say, if they wanted to do the reveal, I would say it'd be Dottie's husband. Could be, but yeah, because we haven't seen him and, and he's now been suddenly forgotten. But I also don't think we're gonna see who the character is really playing Mephisto. No, we're not. Like we're gonna see somebody else, and then you'll see like a light get shined on him. And you'll see his uh, signature show up as a shadow. Yeah, the the big reveal is gonna be whoever this engineer is. That's gonna be the pop moment. Everything else is gonna be more subtle for fan service. Yeah, because we do know Doctor Strange will be coming by at some yep. point. It's not gonna be that level. I mean, it's gonna be a big moment when he shows up, but it's to be expected with with the story they're doing. Right. So. That's going to be the big moment that happens. <gasps> Dude, no. What? I, if the bubble go, I mean, it's in Westview in mm-hmm. New Jersey, yep. which we don't know how far away Westview is from the city. Yeah. Is that how we get our Spider-Man multiverse? Possibly. Could be. It's not a bad thought. Fuck, it just popped in my head. I Because, you- I mean, think about it. We're going, now we're, 
we're early 2000s. You know, we don't really know what era the next episode's going to be. I mean, Spider-Man 1 was 2001. Mm-hmm. It's it's completely in line. I mean, to see where this bubble goes and what powers it does, and I know that, uh, I believe, shout out to Dre, he was even mentioning, too, that this is how Miss Marvel gets her powers. Yeah, well, I Jersey. mean, yeah, that's kind of what they hinted Jersey, at, there's too. a lot of radiation in the area. Yeah, yeah because instead of being uh, Terrigen Mist, this is some way they could possibly spin it. I don't, like, but I, I think they would go back to Terrigen for her. I just think that that's that would make a lot more sense. Well, I mean, but, this look what it's doing for Monica's character. I mean, it's giving her the... Captain Marvel nod, you know. Yeah. yeah, this power is just depending on how it's going to stay and what the lasting effects are going to be, but we don't know other than stay tuned. And that's the best part of this show. Yeah. That they've really had everybody guessing. The fan theories are going absolutely crazy about this. And now we get an hour reward. Yep, an hour show for the next three. So episodes seven, eight, and nine are going to be an hour long. Yeah. So I can't wait for that, except i got to get up super early in the morning Friday to watch it because I start getting DMs from oh, jokes, yeah, on, jokes on you. I'm already up early. Yeah, well, no, I, I usually am, except for, like, there's a couple of shows. Yeah, try that being me. Sleep. i got to wait till we got I got work, and then i got to, you know, get home. Finn's got football at 5. i got to wait till we get them down for bed at 7 to watch. We're going to be making Morse code about that. Uh, so it's tough. So final thoughts on this episode? Uh, amazing episode. Loved it. Yeah, it's just a great goddamn show. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? Absolutely. Definitely let us know what you think about episode six. Quote, all new Halloween spooktacular uh, from WandaVision. We definitely want to have that conversation with you. But before we stop talking about comics and TV, we do have to mention about a certain trailer that dropped because Coach is in the studio yes, for we this do. one. Coach, would you like to take this? I mean, the Snyder trailer released on Valentine's Day, which was a great gift that Erin didn't know she got me. Uh, (laughs) It was supposed to drop at 12. I was watching the countdown ticker, and then all of a sudden it got reposted. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Apparently it got leaked. So HBO just went ahead and said, all right, here you go. Have at it. Um, I mean, I'm excited for this movie. I I think we're finally going to get justification for the movie because I mean I liked the Batman Superman film it's not a great movie like I know there's flaws to it but I liked the movie and I don't it's not Zack Snyder's fault that he got rushed into this universe you know DC is impatient with what's going on with Marvel that they were like your second Superman movie is gonna be Batman versus Superman you don't have a choice you know like so he like he got mixed up in this, and he's done his best to tell great stories. And I loved The Man of Steel. It is a fantastic movie, and I, I agree will with fight that. you to the death if you don't agree with that. And I think Batman versus Superman does justice for the fact that it was a movie that was, hey, our hands, you know, your hands are tied. You need to give us a Justice League film soon, and you're handcuffed. Do it or you know leave. And then, obviously, everything that went down with the Justice League film, you know, with uh, the untimely death of his daughter, mm. and then, you know, him being removed from the film, Josh Whedon coming in uh, to take over, and just flipped 90 minutes of this film into just a comedy shit show. I, we're finally going to get the actual story that I think, as true, you know, or not, I guess I shouldn't say true, but as like DC fans, we're going to get. Uh, the, the, we're going to finally see Darkseid. For all of his power. Mm. We're finally going to see... Uh, shit, who's the other bad guy now? Well, it's Steppenwolf. Steppen- yeah, we're yeah. finally going to see Steppenwolf be a monstrous like demon. You know, whose sole mission in life is to satisfy Darkseid. Which was not the story in the uh, Josh Whedon film. 
Um, he was very self-serving, you know. We're finally going to see a Batman who uh, feels a, a sadness for what he did, realizing the mistake that he made by, um, you know, his rivalry with Superman, you know, that it was not needed. And we're finally going to see a Superman story where uh, his rebirth and ultimate exception of the fact that he is the Man of Steel. You know, like, that's the whole point of the, the black suit was this triumphant return to understanding who he was. Like, this is supposed to be the film where, you know, we finally got to see Superman in all of his glory because in Man of Steel, he was, you know, he was an outsider who was trying to understand what his role was in life. Mm-hmm. And then in Batman versus Superman, it was... Why the fuck? You know, it, the world hated him for, yeah, one, the world, for one incident. Yeah, and and it was a wonky story of this, you know, thing where it, he was finally getting who he was, but then one scene, Martha ruined that entire film, you know, and the story that was trying to be told was Superman, and now we're gonna get this this triumphant, I'm, um, you know, I know who I am, and I've accepted it. I am, you know, a god among men, and I am here to fuck shit up, and I'm excited for it. Pad, you've been most critical of this. Yeah, no, I actually might watch this just because I saw the trailer came out. Uh, had no interest in it. It's been well documented on the show of, of watching mm-hmm. this just because of the negative attitude of some, not all, of the folks who wanted this movie out. You know, just is, and I and it's still happening online. You know, I've seen some people have some critiques of what was in the trailer, to which some folks of you know that portion of the fandom who want the movie out said, "quote Go get them." You know, so they're still out there. So that that portion kind of turned me like I'm I'm with Coach Superman's my favorite superhero. I should be chomping at the bit to goddamn see this, but I didn't want to. So the trailer came out and I watched it. Just I'm like, all right, let's see what let's see what's in it. And now I actually might watch it because just to see what the fuck is different from the original. Because what they put out in theaters looks absolutely nothing like this movie. Yeah, it's night and goddamn day. It's like put. It's like put. You know, asking for Citizen Kane <laughs> and then getting the room. You know, <laughs> you know it, it's just bonkers to see the, the night and day difference between the two. You know, and, and just, uh, you know, so I might actually end up watching it because it does seem interesting, you know, just from all the points Coach mentioned. You know, and just to see, you know, I guess the definitive story of this and, and to see its end. Yeah, for me, I'm not going to lie. I was actually impressed by this. Yeah. Because... The first go around, I wasn't, and obviously with the, the tragedy that happened to Zack Snyder, yeah, I, I, I get. And when they brought Joss Whedon in, it's what we talked about with J.J. Uh, Abrams and Ryan Johnson, yeah, yeah, in the degree of when you have somebody that starts a vision, they have to finish it, right? And the fact that you bring somebody else in, it's different eyes, it and throws to everything some of the off. Reports they were looking at just putting the thing out as was, yeah. yeah. I mean, not even just replacing, you know. Part of the problem was is the Batman versus Superman negative feedback, you know, made DC and Warner Brothers think, all right, we need to pull, you know, we need to get a different set of eyes in here, mm. and you know, they they cap they try to capture lightning in the bottle by having Josh Whedon, who obviously did the first two Avenger films, to see if he was able to do that, and what they got was a mixed bag because the story that Zack Snyder was telling was a uh, of one of like of I don't want to say like darkness, but like almost like a a tragedy, you know, a tragedy, yeah. a pain, a yeah. sorrow, you know, yeah. um, you know, because Batman's not this hokey character, you know, he is a broody, dark, 
you know, uh, mysterious, mysterious yeah. character, you know, yeah. and, and instead they, they tried to make him this, you know, funny afterthought of, you know, when he pops his shoulder back in with the scene with Wonder Woman or gets this, you know, his jaw slammed up against the car by Superman and, you know, he gets up and, you know, like, ooh, 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 you know, correct, fix his jaw. Like, that's not Batman, you know? No, yeah, I mean, just even thinking back to the first time uh, they did the animated uh, Death of Superman movie, Superman Doomsday, which... Not a great movie, but it's okay. Uh, after Superman dies and they're getting ready to have the funeral and all, all the Justice League members are there, uh, Alfred comes down and says, uh, oh, you know, oh, sir, it's almost time to get ready for the funeral. And, he, and instead of doing something, you know, like Coach mentioned, he just sits there and goes, I'm not going. And Alfred's stunned and he goes, what? I, th- I thought you would go. And he goes, listen, I'm not going because he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how they play it out is the vision is obviously something different. And for what Snyder was trying to do and give it that gritty, realistic tragedy feel to it, Yeah, this is more closer interpretation of what is supposed to be the epic that we're seeing. Like, for me, I marked out with all the Darkseid references because oh, I love sure. Darkseid. Darkseid, yeah. Darkseid is one of my favorite villains and of all time. And it's not going to be a shitty adaptation like they did Apocalypse in the X-Men movies. Exactly. Yeah. Now, this is the real deal. They spent the time on it. We didn't see any Green Lanterns, though, but I think they're holding that card in just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, listen, we get something at the end of this trailer that I think nobody was really quite expecting. So I think the the Green Lantern thing is there for a reason. We also haven't seen Martian Manhunter. Yep. We, right. we hear him, because I, th- I, I think we hear him in his human form. We do hear him. But you don't see him. Right, yeah, we have not seen a picture of him yet on this. But with four hours of, of a movie, There's a few sh- times. they're going to hold something back. Yeah, I mean, look, like we're wa- so we're watching the trailer for everybody who can't see us because mm-hmm. you can't. And yeah, I mean, it's just the the imagery, you know, like mm-hmm. the this the the message, the images, the overall just theme and uh, cinema cin- cinematography. Oh my god, my Cinemat- words, said- cinematography. Yes, thank you. Gosh, god damn, uh, it's just it's beautiful, you know. Like, and that's what Zack Snyder films are. Like, I mean, everybody is shitting on him, but let's not forget he did Watchmen. Yeah, and yeah. that movie was. Epic, yeah. You know, not to to use that word that has basically been dead and buried, but like it was an epic film that had all of this imagery behind it. That is what Zack Snyder's films are. So if you're looking for your tongue in cheek, ha 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 moment, we're gonna fly into the devil's anus. Yeah, go watch. You know, another superhero film. If you're looking for something that is going to have layers and depth. Sign up for a Zack Snyder film. I mean, film. you bring up layers and depth and, and what you would expect out of a superhero movie. Remember back to Man of Steel where Superman has that fight with Zod. That is how every superhero f- fight scene should be. Let's not forget the Marvel Universe. And I'm the, I Listen, I love Marvel Universe. I'm not shitting on them. But let's face it. Facts are facts. Marvel didn't get to that level until it took five people in an army of like a million Chitari invading New York till they got to that level. It took DC one film and two guys. Yeah, they definitely have a different style to them. And for Snyder, yeah, this was the big fight scene moment that you do. And for most of his films, I'm sorry, Sucker Punch is hot garbage. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, listen, I'm not giving that. I wasn't saying everything he did was right. fantastic. No, but I just, had, I, just had, I just had to bring up. But for what he was trying to do here, that I think that this will be a better go around and a better vision of okay, yeah. if you really want to try portraying the Justice League as the Greek gods of superheroes, which right. that's that's what they're based Pretty off. Pretty much. Of, this is giving you a better sense and feel with it. Like I said, when I first saw this trailer, I was like, okay, I'm in. Right. Like, because I was going to give it a shot anyway. Because for me, I've always been fascinated with the hysteria behind this. Mm-hmm. That, to, to the point where they were by the folks behind the save this or release the Snyder cut were 
purchasing a plane like you see at the beach to tow a sign behind it that flew over the Oscars a couple years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, as a guy who was pretty into the Don- the Donner cut of Superman 2, I was all for this. I wanted this cut of this movie. I wanted to see the vision. I didn't even care whether it was finished or not. I wanted to see what the story was going to be told because, A, Superman deserves better because mm-hmm. yeah. he just... He is a character that has so many layers and so much depth that people just think that he is the, the you know, they get caught up in the Boy Scout, you know, American, you know, flag flying behind him. But this is a guy who is an alien who landed here, you know, because his home planet was doomed and his dad chose to save him. Yeah. Like, you that weight doesn't just... Oh, whatever. Like, I mean, that stays with you. Disney ain't... If, if Mickey Mouse is in a film, Disney ain't going to fuck it up. They're going to give it the <laughs> time and money it needs to be a great film. If Nickelodeon's making a SpongeBob movie, same rule applies. They're not going to fuck up a SpongeBob SquarePants movie because, hey, let's face it, that's their image. That's their brand. Uh, also, by contrast, Marvel ain't going to fuck up a Spider-Man movie because who's been the face on the Marvel comics in the little top left thing for like fucking 75 years yeah spider-man they're not gonna fuck up a spider-man movie because hey let's face it that is their brand that is who people recognize with marvel most dc should be the same way with superman they should be and albeit though marvel didn't disney didn't fuck it up sony did well yes yeah well and i mean it's you're right but like so for me like i obviously i'm you know superman fan like yeah yeah you you two both are big superman fans my son though you know who's five is more of a uh, a Batman because Batman's been the character that's been the easiest to tell the story for for oh, the sure. last twenty five years. Oh sure, I was I was in the listen, dude. I was in the exact same shoes. Yeah, like twenty whatever years ago when it was Batman the it was Batman the animated series was on uh, TV and then they were running reruns of the Adam West on TV land. Right. I didn't really become a Superman fan until it was Superman the animated series came out. So if they ever HD that up because I don't think it's out in HD as of yet if they ever hd that up and put it on hbo max show them that yeah i mean i grew so i grew up with the you know i mean i wasn't alive but like the, i i'm you know my parents would show me the old you know reeves films so i sure, saw all those sure. i grew up with lois and clark the you know the the tv series on oh, yeah. abc like i would oh, my yeah. mom would let me watch that even though i probably was not old enough for it <laughs> no but like so but that's because so superman is my guy so when i see this story being told and i see the black suit the death of superman suit i get so excited because it's like this is finally you know people are going to get to see superman in a way that they should and and, and they should relish it because it might not happen again you know it I might mean, not we really might not i mean the 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 i'm excited for the warner the cw show that's coming out because i think that looks like Superman's going to get more justice yeah. as a character. Next I'm week. excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I really think that uh, those, you know, that that the, the from the trailer alone, it looks like it's going to be a good Superman story. Um, I just it makes me so like people just think that it should just be the Boy Scout thing. It's like the dude's got pain, you know, like he feels that, and and I think that's a story that Batman is the same way. He's got that pain. Like yeah. you just don't brush that underneath the rug. No. That's something that is the. The character. Batman is who he is because of the trauma he's been put through. Right. Mm-hmm. Same same with Superman. Not now the trauma isn't to necessarily to the same degree. Right. It's, but it's still it's trauma. Batman, but it's still trauma. He's the last surviving son, asterisk, obviously. Right. Of of Krypton. He's so he's got that weighted on his shoulder. He's got the weight of of everything from his childhood uh, on him. And I mean that so when you see what Snyder's films were, that's what he was trying to set up. 
And I'm really excited for the fact that we're going to get this type of film where you're going to be able to, to celebrate that. And you're going to get the other characters, you know, Cyborg's finally going to get his actual backstory told in more detail than other than just the boom box and, and boom, you know, yeah. like you're going to actually see the, the accident that caused this. If they go anything close to what they did in new 52, yo, I think they have yeah. to. Cause, <laughs> Cause if, if you read, I think it's justice league volume one paperback of the new 52 run, they delve into how Cyborg came to be. And it's not exactly the nicest story. It's not super grim and dark, but it ain't happy sunshine. But, but they have to explain his thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they, they don't explain his origin. I think that was one problem that they had with the first movie. Uh, right. They expected everybody to know him, Aquaman. There was a... There was a it was uh, when Batman was looking at the files on the computer. I forget when the scene took place. But Batman was... So he saw the clip of Aquaman. He saw the clip of... of Somebody trying to flash, rob, flash trying to rob the somebody trying to yeah, rob flash. the convenience store. Lightning ensues and the guys are tied up. There was a scene of a lab or something going on, and then the the mother box or whatever the hell it was mm-hmm. getting ready to explode. And there was an ex- and you heard uh, Vic in the room, but you didn't see him. Then there was an explosion, and that's all there was. Right, but to explain that to the mainstream audience, yeah, that you got to do know, right, because do everybody more. just knows Cyborg from Teen Titans. Yeah, and well, it's, yeah. A, it's a whole different layer to that. And character. we're finally going to see layers of Flash, other than just living in this ran-down apartment, running around, yeah, you know, yeah making we see jokes. Iris, Iris yeah, we're going to see Iris. And you know, the other thing I'm excited for too is the expansion on the nightmare scene. Yeah, because so much yeah. of that was edited out, where it was so confusing what you're looking at that the modest DC fan was like, "What?" Why is Superman, yeah. you know, doing this? Like, why? Wait, why is Batman getting beat up by these things? Like, you had no idea what was going on, but now, you know, from from this, it, it's going to expand that that uh, story. Yeah. Well, for four hours, they got to expand it, and they got to make sure they nail the shot. Hey, I'm going to make a shit ton of popcorn for so four hours. Say for people complaining, it's too goddamn long. Lord of the Rings: Return of the King extended edition is four and a half before Dude, it gets and, the credits. And so, yeah, and so what? Like, it's a fuck. It's an experience. Yeah. Like that's the other thing too. That this is a movie experience. Like this isn't a run of the mill story. Here's what you do: movie comes out, watch it on a Saturday. Get up, make some breakfast. Eat breakfast while you're watching the movie. By the time the movie's over, you make lunch. Or have some stones, like I'm going to, and you sit your wife down on the couch, and you say, hey, hon, I don't care if you get on your phone for a little bit, but we're watching this in all four hours. Love you. Mwah. And then you just sit back and you watch the movie. Or you just watch it, put it on pause, and come back to it later since it's going to be on HBO Max. Sure. Well, yeah, I can do that, too. Because, I mean, I'm notorious for having a small bladder. I mean, we record this two-hour show, and I go pee about seven times. True. So, I mean, I'm going to have a tough time watching four hours straight of a movie, but I'm going to do my damn best. I made it through Endgame. I'll make it through this. Goddamn right. I've made it through Return of the King Extended Edition multiple times. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about this. Once the story gets you going, and and this is a completely new movie in my opinion. This is not. Exactly. Like I said, that's part of the reason I'm now going to see this because I remember Justice League. I will admit, I had not seen Justice League. I own a goddamn copy, but I haven't watched it since I saw it in theaters because I didn't really enjoy it all that much. Yeah. Figured I'd watch it at some point, but I just haven't. I saw this trailer and I said on Twitter because I know you tagged me and you know what do you think? I said, you know what? I'm wondering what the hell they fucking put out in 2017 when this movie came out originally because this is night and day. Yeah, I it, mean the parademon scene is going to make sense in the beginning of the movie with mm. Batman because that was also something that got edited out. Like it's all these small little nuances that are going to be detailed out now where you're going to be like, I get it now. 
Yeah. And that's, <laughs> like, well, that's what I'm hoping from this because if it misses the mark, for hypothetically, sure. This, and this yes, will, it is hypothetical because yeah. it. I mean, here's the thing: it will miss the mark because the DC haters and Rotten Tomato are gonna shit on this because that's what they do with DC films. But for the DC fans, it will hit. Well, I mean, it's gonna miss the mark for some people because I, I feel there are some people who just have the bar set. So yeah. Well, that's the problem. I was gonna exactly. say exactly. Yeah. That's why, some, well, yeah, I agree with you. There are gonna be some people who just have the bar set so high for this movie that it's impossible to clear it. Yeah. This has to be the greatest superhero movie of all time. Not even the greatest superhero movie. This has to be the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I say, but for what you're expecting from this, like this has to deliver. Because if it doesn't, you'll never hear the end of it. Nope. And this will be going down as like a water world type disaster. Hey, we live in a society. Okay. <laughs> We do. And we didn't even. I mean, look, Jared Leto. Yeah, I mean, which, let's, his I, Joker. What'd you guys think? I, oh, I was surprised. I was not super impressed because to me, he reminded me of the two thousands, the Batman Joker. Yeah, I know. You saw, I saw you tweet yeah. on that. And like I said, at least he didn't look like the Hot Topic one with like all the fake tattoos on him. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm interested to see. In my what, opinion, well, I, well yeah, I yeah. want to know what that is. You know, like is it maybe because I've seen a lot of theories that maybe it's just he covered up the tattoos with with war paint. You know, style esque. Uh, I've seen other theories could where be he stuck out like a sore thumb with a on, so he got him removed. Yeah, or it could be. I've also seen theories that you know maybe he just uh, it, this is Jared Leto playing a different kind of Joker. Could be. You know, I mean, so could be. Seen some different theories that yeah. I'm kind of interested in seeing the payoff. Listen, you know, shit has to go sideways in like the worst way possible for Batman to work with Joker. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it means the end of the world. I mean, the, the whole thing about the Justice League, which everybody needs to remember, is. If they're going to be fighting somebody, the world is at stake. Right. Uh-huh. You don't get everybody together just to play Yahtzee here. Like I said, you don't get everybody together at least at this well, point. Well, unless they're on the space tower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you know, true. <laughs> at this point, at this point in the universe, you don't get the entire Justice League together to fight Lex Luthor. It, yeah. If if this you know universe continues down the line, maybe. If, if Luthor gets to that point, but at this point in time, Luthor don't move the needle to unite the whole Justice League. Well, if it's the Legion of Doom that's coming well, way. Well, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. but that's not this movie. No, yeah, it, no, it's not. That is true, Pat. It is not. It's not, but... It, but it could have been had the second film, Snyder gotten his second Justice League in, which allegedly. I, which I know that he said he won't go back, but never say never. <laughs> that's why I say we never dollar, thought we'd see this. Dollar bills, y'all. If HBO and Warner want to make this, they'll do it. Fuck yeah. And that's the thing. It just depends on how well it's going to be received. That's the dumbest thing to say that you won't come back because when you do, you look like a jabroni. Yeah, and he could say it now, <laughs> but if this thing is gets praised and well-received and the numbers for subscriptions and views all are through the roof. How many years did Harrison Ford say he wouldn't play Han Solo? Word. Only for him to come back and Boop. do it. Exactly. Boop. So that's that truck backing up. Uh, what is it? Ewan McGregor said for years he wasn't in an Obi Wan movie. Five years said he wasn't going to do anything with Obi Wan, and then all of a sudden, surprise, he's in an Obi Wan series. Well, I think it's just a matter of how this all comes to play for the fans, and if it's accepted and it's rave reviews, sure, everybody's coming back. Yeah, I mean, if it list. does, if it gets shit, then no. But yeah. I mean, if this takes off like people hope that it does, you can't. I mean, Ben Affleck said he wouldn't play Batman again. Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah it's going to be interesting to see when it all comes out in march so you definitely have to hit us up on that hashtag and let us know what you think about this so what is your thoughts about the snyder cut trailer are you more excited or less excited for the justice league do you want to debate coach duffy and pat about it you can find our accounts on od parlay hour at twitter so definitely hit us up you can definitely interact and let us know what you thought about the latest one division so much to talk about let's keep that discussion going after our break you are listening to the odph podcast 
My name is Paige, and I'm the host of Reverie True Crime. Reverie means to daydream, but even daydreams can become nightmares. Come join me and get lost in horrific reverie about true crimes and eerie events. Reverie True Crime Podcast, available wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Coming back for another segment on this Fusion edition of the OD Page podcast. Ooh, I like it. Ooh, had to go give a little something. We're bringing every topic we can talk about that you hear on both programs into one show, making it the Super Show. We we'll call it the Fusion Show. We'll just rock with that. Obviously, we got to talk some sports here if we're talking the OD Ph. And this past week was UFC 258 mm-hmm. live from the Apex in Vegas. Big main event card and solid show all around. I mean, we had over 500 views on twitch.tv slash 67 podcast for Saw live that. reaction. Kudos, fellas. Thank Kudos. you. Yeah, shout out to Rich from 3FN and uh, Crazy Curtis Gaming, who was very worn out by the action because there was a lot of it going down. So let us talk about that main card, shall we, Pat? Yeah, sure. So starting off on the main card, uh, you, uh, your first fight was in the middleweight division. You had Julian Mar- uh, Marquez defeat Mackie uh, Pitolo uh, via submission in the third round with an anaconda choke. Okay. I want you guys to remember that name. Julian Marquez? Yes. Yeah, 8-2 and two right now. He might be 607 Podcast's new favorite fighter. Oh, okay. Uh, nickname is, well, if I'm the reading Cuban, this right, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, just to note, he was born in Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, he came out uh, to, I thought it was uh, Blondie, but it might have been uh, Miley Cyrus. As no, we'll find it, no, it was Miley Cyrus, yeah. It was Miley Cyrus. He came in. Oh, this guy. He had one of the wildest <laughs> jujitsu defenses I have ever seen. It almost looked like Orange Cassidy style defense. Uh, according to his Wikipedia page, uh, he is a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. He was like almost doing nothing to defend. Like he was rocking the hell out of his opponent with shots. And then they went to the ground and I honestly thought he was going to get choked out about four times. Okay. He got out. And it, like I said, it was like orange Cassidy style, like no real arm movements, just kind of like slow wiggling. Yeah. And then he winds up putting on an anaconda choke, like with his legs to get the win. So it's funny that you said like the Orange Cassidy thing because I, I so I've been watching now that the uh, Ultimate Fighter stuff's been uh, slowly being put on ESPN. Mm-hmm. I've been watching the seasons that I haven't watched. So I just finished the McGregor uh, Faber season and Connor. Every time somebody's on the ground or on, you know on their back, just basically on the ground in general, mm-hmm. he's always like, "Be patient, be patient, be patient." And I never really like you know you always thought scramble, scramble, scramble. You got to get yeah, up. You got panic, but like. The the pay, when you're patient, you know, and you have the slow movements and the you know, because every inch you move your arm to the right or to the left, you know, you might be giving position to your opponent to to grabbing something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times that Connor would be like, "Be patient, be patient, be patient." They would rush. They would, you know, his fighter would end up being put into a worse position, whether it's the guy was able to get up and stand up or they got reversed onto the ground themselves. So like. I I understand why he was so slithery and so like slow with his stuff because the more the patient you are on the bottom, the easier you are to work your way back up. Yeah, it was just so wild to see. Just like there's one thing about being relaxed on the ground, he was like straight up calm. Yeah, but that's what you. I'm patient, patient, patient. I'm telling you, I I've I watched a lot of those fights, and every time somebody panicked, it ended up 
in a worse situation than they were. Yeah, so definitely a huge win for him. His post-fight speech was epic. Uh, he was He's trying to make a call out to fans about if you got the loudest fan base. I believe the hashtag is UFC oh, Get Loud. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that is him. Yeah. And he even called out Miley Cyrus to be his valentine, who she responded, yeah. if you shave MC into your chest, because he is a quite hairy man, <laughs> yeah. Chest, yeah. Uh, sign sealed delivered. So waiting to see if that got done. Next up, Pat. Yeah, uh, you had a fight in the featherweight division between Ricky Simone uh, and Brian Kelleher, where Ricky Simone emerged victorious via unanimous decision. Very game fights. Uh, Simone and Keller put on an amazing performance. Uh, Keller withstood a lot of shots. Dude, it looks like uh, it was a late night for you guys. You know, oh, I'm seeing decision, decision, decision. Yeah, it was a late <laughs> night going into the, the main portion here. But definitely an entertaining fight, though, for featherweight. So Simone looked great in this. Enough said about that. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, you had a middleweight division fight between Kelvin Gastelum and Ian uh, Henich, uh, where Kelvin emerged victorious via unanimous decision. And did I read correctly? This is his first wins in like three, four years? Uh, three, four fights. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. He had been on quite the losing streak. Um, I wow. don't I don't have his card in front of me, but. Get put on a main card like that. Good for him. Uh, first win since uh, May 12th of 2018. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely been in the fights he's he's lost. I mean, he gave Adesanya a good run for the money, too. So he lost to, to Adesanya by unanimous decision, lost to Darren Till by a split decision, and then Jack Hermanson uh, submitted him uh, in 2020. Yeah, you just don't see a guy who's on that kind of fight, that kind of streak, then get put onto a main event card you know, level, especially a pay-per-view headline main card like this. Like that, This would normally be a kind of fight you'd see him fight like on a fight night yeah you see like this would be the main event for saturday right you know yeah absolutely but i think the ufc knows kelvin will show up and he'll he'll scrap with everybody sure and i think for him this was a much well one it was a much needed win if he's going to stay relevant in middleweight and two he was going up against somebody in the top 15 so it made a lot of sense to do this and he definitely put on a great performance i think a lot of people wrote him off because once you go on a losing streak everybody thinks like oh it's you're done yeah your career's and, over but obviously coming off the the close fight against adesanya i mean that's fighting your candidate oh yeah yeah that a lot of people just forget about it's what have you done for me lately and when you see everybody's losing it's like oh you're kind of getting washed didn't really happen here though Next up, though. Yeah, it was your co-main event uh, in the women's flyweight division between Alexa Grasso and Macy Barber, where Alexa emerged victorious via unanimous decision. Grasso looked great in this. Absolutely great. She definitely put the pr- put the pressure on Barber and definitely was hitting her with all types of combos. Definitely one of the strongest performances I've seen from her. Enough said about that. To the main event, though. Yeah, for the welterweight championship, you had Kamaru Usman defending his belt against Gilbert Burns, and Usman emerged victorious, uh, knocking out Gilbert Burns 34 seconds into the third round. So funny, as I've been watching these uh, tough enoughs, or ultimate fighters, uh, Usman was on the season with the Black Zillions and... uh, American Top Team. American Top Team. And they keep calling him Kamaru. And I just... It slaps me, it just a knee slapper, because it's obviously Camara, and he says that his name is Camara, and they keep calling him Camaro. And it just, I laugh every time I hear it. Like, even his own team is calling him Camaro. It's just, motivation the man don't need. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, listen, so I was wrong. Uh, shocker. Uh, <laughs> but I really, I mean, I just, you know, I saw the two stories here, and I saw, you know, the hunger that Burns has and everything, and you know, from what I was watching in the the lead up in the embedded stuff, you know, he just doesn't look the same. Like even in this season of of the Ultimate Fighter, like you just see a guy in his eyes and his and the angst 
and stuff. Like, I just, I compare it to Clubber Lang in Rocky. I mm-hmm. did it before the fight. Like, yeah. he lost that. And I, I was wrong. He still has it. Um, or he's just that goddamn good that he can turn it on and off. Because, you know, all through life, you get told the light switch can't be turned on and off. You know, you either need to be on or you need to be off. And, you know, to turn it on is not easy to do. But he obviously is that damn good that he can't because he proved it. Okay, thoughts on this? No, definitely. Uh, to quote uh, AJ Styles' theme song from WWE, ain't nobody want none with Kamaru because, God damn. This was one of the scariest fights I've seen, and I will explain why. The first round, Burns came out very advantageous, was trying to put the the pace on Usman. In fact, rocked him. Yeah, with yeah a, caught him early. Caught him with a shot. Usman did fall down. He didn't go down. Right. And he kind of waved it off. It's kind of like if we want to get back to the comic talk. It's like when Superman hit Doomsday the first time, and Doomsday just kind of shrugged it. Yeah, sure. No that, soul. That was the kind of vibe from this, because once that happened, the light switch went on Usman. Yep. And he took over. And we've talked about this, too. Like, when he comes to the cage, usually he's in a very jovial mood. Right. Dancing. And then once he steps into the cage, the switch goes on. I mean, I don't know if I would call it necessarily a jovial mood as I would just a, a relaxed, you know, a very a right. vibish, yeah. you know, type mood. Like, um, and, yeah, when he steps in the cage, he switches it on. I just, I don't know. Like, from watching this show, I just, I see a different version of him that, I didn't think was there, and he I, he still got it. You know, like yeah. I mean, I if I'm in his weight class right now, I'm very concerned for the future of this weight class because we have a very soon to be John Jones esque run. Coming. Oh, I I fully agree too because once he got through that first round, he put a statement on this fight, and he broke Burns. Yeah, he did. Oh, he absolutely did. You mentally saw a man break. And, and like, I, I'm not saying this ripping on Burns no. because there's nothing to be ashamed about how he fought. Well, so, the again, going back to the Mazival fight, like, yeah. he, like, Usman looked just uh, disinterested. Yeah. You know, like, it was... It was grapple. It was up against the cage. It was an hour. It was fifty. It was, well, what twenty five minutes of foot stomps, mm-hmm. and it was like this is brutal. Like, but this fight, you can see like midway through the second round, I think he clips him with a right hand yep. that yeah. buckles him, and Burns just did not respond back to that. And Usman saw that and was like, pounce time. Yep, he absolutely put the pace on Burns. He definitely never let him got a chance to regain his bearings. And it was scary to see him at the end of the round. Like, he does something that he typically doesn't do. He literally walked up and mentally got in his face and was like, that's all you got? Yeah. And that's his former teammate. I mean, that's Uh the storyline that we don't talk about is that they both were training at the same camp. Well, because they they parted ways amicably. Yeah. Oh, I did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, they they split way. I mean, he was – Usman was going to ultimately leave – Florida anyway. Yeah. And Burns was going to stay put training with, uh, God, I just saw his name because obviously I'm watching the series uh, that split from Black Zillions. Like, he was going to stick with him regardless. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was – it wasn't a story like it was with the Rashad John thing Yeah, there because no, there was no animosity between the two. Right. So, after the fight was done, Usman did hug Burns. And it was, yeah. And you could say that, like, he was – he was I want to say conflicted. Mm-hmm. But he did say something in the post-fight which I thought made a lot of sense. He goes, when you step in the cage, friendship is out the window. Fuck yeah. This is business. And he said, as much as I love Burns, 
I had to do what I had to do. Right. And he's exactly right. Like, this always kills me when I hear fighters or don't want to fight their friends and all this. This is your business. Oh, and 100. You need to go in there and you need to fight to win. I understand you don't want to hurt somebody, and I get that, but you are also in a combat sport. You need to go out there. You need to fight who you need to fight. And especially if you're a champion, you really have to put that statement on that you are the best fighter in your class. Like, if you don't want to fight the person, then move up a weight class. Exactly. And, you know, like, or leave camp early. Like, yeah. you can't sit here and train together and do all this and be in the same weight class and then not understand that someday this might come down the line. You know, I mean, that's what that, that was the infamous Ortiz Liddell situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, ultimately, if you're in the same weight class and in the same gym, and you're both good fighters, it's inevitable. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this with Chuck and Tito. We've seen it with John Jones, Rashad Evans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you've seen it through the history of fights. I mean, you have one of two options. Either you fight that person, you leave a camp, and then they, you come back and fight, or you move up a weight class. That's what Cain Velasquez and Daniel Cormier did. Right. And it, it made sense. So for, to see that Usman went to a different camp, he's flourishing now, Burns, and the story about him is he will be back. Yeah. But just seeing how broken he was in that fight he's got to definitely come back with a bounce back performance as soon as he can and not saying he can't because since he made the move up from lightweight he'd been on a tear at welterweight so burns has been facing every competition he has he's going to get a big name when he comes back yep and that's a smart move to do and for him he needs to definitely have a statement fight but usman definitely made a very big statement post fight as well Mm -hmm. because he was saying about how fighters were not putting any respect on his name, to quote him. <laughs> Rogan had the yeah. best. Rogan's response to that was like, uh, do you think it's a kind of, you're kind of stretching here because, yeah, I think people are putting some respect on your name. Yes. <laughs> but he wanted to make a point to call out somebody that I thought was in the rearview mirror, but Same. apparently not. I was, so, I mean, just to kind of give what happened, I mean, I, so I did not go and watch the fight with the guys because I was like, I it's Valentine's Day the next day, like you know, gotta be at home. Like, yeah. Uh, and um, I so I woke up at like three one thirty ish to go to the bathroom, or whatever, and I saw that the fight wasn't ended. So I yeah. was like, holy fuck! I'm glad I didn't go watch this fight because my god. Uh, then when I woke up the next day, the literally the headline, the ESPN headline was, uh, I saw you know Usman knocks out Burns, calls out Mazdival. And I was like, the fuck? Yeah. What? Yeah. Why? Well, what, Why not? what his, well, his reasoning was is he claimed that Masvidal has been talking that he only lost that fight because he didn't get a full camp. And if he had a full camp, he would have. Now, this is coming well, from Usman. The crazy thing is, no, because Masvidal tweeted it. Well, Maz, well, yeah, he tweeted out, but Masvidal, I mean, this is where Usman said it. So this is not yeah. my opinion of yeah. this. This is what Usman said. Oh, I just, yeah, I mean, I was, I, you know, he called him out and said the full camp thing in, you know, the street thug, street Jesus thing, the wannabe. I, I mean, I was like, Covington is where he's going next. Yeah. Like, he wants to shut him up. I mean, Covington's been radio silent since, you know, sometime in January. So, mm-hmm. you know, wonder why, but, uh, yeah. you know. No idea. Yeah, I couldn't imagine why. But, um. You know, so he's been kind of under the radar, maybe trying to rethink of a gimmick. I don't know, you know. Um, but I that's where I thought he was going to go because the last time Usman fought, that was that was the name. Like, it was, you know, I want Covington. So when it was all of a sudden just this swerve of, of Mazival, I was like, I was really thrown off because 
although the performance wasn't dominant, like Mazival didn't look great. I know the the camp wasn't there, but like even still, there I I don't I wouldn't care to see it again. I mean, I'm gonna see it because I'm I like Mazival, but like I think I think this Usman will murder him. Yeah. Pat? No, oh, yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, Mazbet all the one on. Usman's a scary dude. Usman is a savage. Yeah. His words, and you know what? I am not arguing with him. He focused is arguably the scariest fighter in the UFC, maybe yeah. in all of MMA. Well, I think the thing, too, that with that, with the Mazbet. All right, so yeah, Mazbet's tough as nails. Like, taking oh, yeah, taking nothing away from Taking him, yeah. that fight, you know, lasting as long as he did. You know, he did, uh, you know, there was a chip in the uh, the chain of of uh, Usman because he did get his nose, you mm-hmm. know. So, like, he did, uh, what what uh, Leonidas say to the king of Persia? Like, you know, they're the blood of a god, you know, like we've seen it, so we know he can fight you. Yeah. So, Mazivo knows that he can get him. Uh, I just, to me, if I'm... Uh, Usman, I, I just I don't want this fight. You know, I would want to fight a Covington or whoever's the number two contender. Like Mazival to me would be such in the rearview mirror. You would think so, but I think that there's a lot of money to be made for this. Fight. Oh and, hell and, yeah! And that's the thing that Usman can now write his own ticket with the top of that division because so, Burns was the only name that was out there that was like okay somebody knew. But if I'm looking at the top five now of the welterweight okay. class. Number one contender, Colby Covington. He is now number one. Oh, okay. Gilbert Burns is number two, formerly number one. Leon Edwards is number three. Jorge Masvidal, number four. Stephen Thompson is number five. Uh, if you want me to go down quickly, Chiesa is six. Woodley is seven. Maya is eight. Neil Magny is nine. And Vincent Luque is ten. So looking at that weight class right now, the Covington fight, I think, is the smart one to do. But if you really want to generate some buzz, ever since that whole BMF title, mm-hmm. Masvidal has only fought, what, once against one, Usman? Once yeah. or twice, yeah. Right, he hasn't really been active. No, it was once against Usman. Yeah, right. right. So if you really want to kind of generate some media buzz, we know that they're bringing back the ultimate fighter. It was put out <sighs> on social media that Usman said, you want a full camp, I'll give you a full camp. And they threw, and from Azuel's camp, they threw back the idea of being coaches. Oh, oh, stop it, stop it! So that looks like that's oh, where we're heading. My God, oh. calm down. Yeah. Oh my God, that so, would be a great season. So that's where I think they're gonna go. Fuck yes, I will. So I mean, I love first the first two seasons I watched religiously, like mm-hmm. I was glued to my TV. Then, like, season three and four kind of, like, started to taper off a little bit. You didn't get hooked with Shamrock and Tito? No, all right. So I did watch that, but I was kind of in and out. But then seasons four, five, six, seven, I just, I was completely disinterested. To the point where I didn't even know McGregor hosted a season until Aaron had to remind me. So, like, going back and watching it now, though, and seeing the compelling stories, I mean, this will be great. Especially if they do it in Vegas. They oh. they, we haven't gotten that far yet, but the contracts were thrown out to do it, so Fuck it's gosh. kind of wait and see. Give I did, me this. I did see the posts on a couple different social media sites, so there is some talk to do it. I will pay extra for this. Yeah. If this is on like an ESPN Plus subscription, plus plus, I will pay for that subscription plus plus. Yeah. 
I think that this is smart money it's a, to do. It's a, absolute because yeah. I mean, I because I knew that they were doing another season, and I was like, who could they do for coaches? Like, I mean, nobody really makes sense because there's really nobody right now that's in a a rivalry that would push the needle. Because if you're going to bring back the show, you got to have heat. Oh, absolutely. You know, like you got to have something. And I mean, we're talking Chael Sonnen and Brazil heat. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, outside of like, you know, an Adesanya and John Jones, just because of their internet chirping back and forth, there's really nobody else that has any animosity between each other. No, the only one I could think of would be have Connor versus Nate Diaz and have those two be coaches. Yeah, but have the room filled Nate... with water bottles. But yeah, but that would just get too out of control. Yeah, like, like uh, would Nate want to even coach though? I mean, Nate would. No, I think if Nate and Nick wanted to show up, I think they would. Yeah. And, and and they're great coaches too. So like for Oh, okay. Yeah, so I I I would fully say if they really wanted to do that, but I don't necessarily know because I mean Nate is a, a, a tough alumni. Right. So he might want to kind of dabble in that. And I think against Connor that would be ratings too, but I remember when Connor was on that season against Uriah, like there was some moments, but it wasn't like the big headline ones. No, yeah, I mean when I was watching back to see, it was more the the more of the the drama was inside the house, yeah, and the fact that Artem, you know Lobov, who is Connor's teammate, was on the show yeah. and just you know kind of was the the outlying character just because I mean he, you know he's a Russian personality, so like that's kind of how their culture is, and you know especially once they come to America and live in that lifestyle, and he took it up. He has the wildest cult following of fans. Dude, because he throws hammers. Yeah. I mean, I know we're going off topic, but yeah, yeah dude, that, throw, that dude bangs. But it, oh, yeah. his his following, man, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, legitimately. Well, dude, think about Russian plus Irish. Like, yeah. that's literally his following. Like, you talk about two cultures that vodka – Whiskey, you know, like I mean, you're you're getting wild, you know. Yeah, no, and like I say, just seeing him in there is just yeah, he he is a legend. Yeah, you know. But to get back to this, Ultimate Fighter, though, if this goes down, this is smart money to make. The smart fight, I think, is Covington, but this is smart money to make, and you got to strike while it's hot. Yeah, I mean, my, I I mean, what can't I, mean, I don't know where Masvidal is out of, so it'd be interesting to see what you know who he brings in. I mean. Usman has no shortage of friends, you know, between him and what he's doing with Gaethje right now and stuff. So if it'd I'm, be very interesting. If I'm not mistaken, Masvidal's out of ATT. So, <laughs> so, what? so memory serves me right. Like I'm like 90 percent sure unless he's changed camps and because I haven't seen him fight in a while. I want to say he's ATT. I think Pad's looking that up right now. That would be great. Oh my god, you could almost do an ATT. I mean, even though the you know Black Zillions have kind of. You know, dispersed. Right. Um, it would almost be that 2.0. According to his Wikipedia page, he is still on ATT. Yeah. So this, so this is going to be something to watch as we're moving forward for Usman, and it's definitely going to strike up some conversation. Dude, so, you have me marking out. Yeah. I am pumped. Yeah. I that would be. It would literally be the perfect pairing. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, him and cut. Listen. Usman and fill in the blank is perfect for the the next season of Ultimate Fighter. See, I was I was kind of hoping they got Covington on there because that would have been out of control. But I think now after this back and forth, you get Masvidal on there with Usman. That's a bigger rating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that would be must watch TV. Like we might have to actually do a separate show just to recap. Dude, I I mean I'm getting back into them now. It's been a lot of fun to watch these things. Yeah, so definitely a lot of headlines rolling out of UFC 258. So hit us up on that hashtag hashtag #odph. Definitely interact with us on Twitter. We can keep the conversation going. What was your thoughts about UFC 258 and what is your thoughts about Usman and Masvidal possibly ultimate fighter? Let's talk, shall we? 
We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey folks, Rob here from Fat, Drunk, and Stupid. And what is that, you ask? Well, aside from three words that describe my life, it's a podcast. We talk about food, fun, fellowship, movies, books, video games, pop culture, and much more. Also, some very interesting guests and some awesome stories. And of course, some cold beers along the way too. So look us up on Twitter at FDS Podcast 7 and look for Fat, Drunk, and Stupid wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Time to round those bases and take the show home. Yeah, i got to do a quick local minute because, hey, there is some local sports going on. Let's uh, go. Yeah, Binghamton Devils news. Uh, looking at their games from the past week, uh, they played a game on uh, Wednesday, February 10th, against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, where they won by the final score of 2-1. to one. Uh, And then Saturday, they took on the Utica Comets, where they lost in a shootout 5-6. F- uh, to six. So looking over at the standings right now uh, in the North Division Holy crap, if he stings right, there's like three teams in the Atlantic Division. What the hell? Uh, in the North Division, the Binghamton Devils currently, uh, based on some sort of shenanigans, I don't know quite how this breaks down. Uh, it's a little above my pay grade. Uh, the Binghamton Devils are currently in first place in the North Division over in the AHL. Uh, right behind them is Lehigh Valley with the same record, and then the Rochester Americans uh, are in third place with the record of 3-2-1. and one. So like I said, Binghamton in first place. Although how? Oh no, there. That's how. That's how. Uh, Lehigh Valley has a, a one overtime loss. That's how. Uh, so looking at their games, they have coming up this week. Uh, they have a game uh, this. Uh, they have a game uh, tonight as we record uh, against the Hershey Bears, uh, and then Saturday they have a game at uh, against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms again. Game time seven oh five. For more information, BinghamtonDevils.com. Right on, Coach. What you got? Uh, the Binghamton Bulldogs have started a training camp Ooh. and have uh, opening day uh, right around the corner here. Ooh. So uh, they uh, they haven't announced full roster yet. I mean, it's training camp, so they've got a little bit of time. You're being coy. You're joining, aren't you? Uh, no, no, no. Unfortunately, I did not get asked this year uh, to be on the coaching staff. I'm long. My playing days are long gone. That's tra- uh, that's a travesty. Yeah, you know, uh, post thirty, these young men. You know, I just can't keep up with these college kids anymore. Um, but obviously, uh, the schedule is out. They will be doing online streaming of games. So, you know, a lot to look forward to with the Binghamton Bulldogs. For more information, check their active Facebook or Binghamton, Binghamton, or www.binghamtonbulldogs.com. Yeah, absolutely. And Mr. Hogan? Oh, rounding the base? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Chris Hogan joins the Premier Lacrosse League. Formerly of the New England Patriots. Former of the New England Patriots. Obviously uh, played lacrosse all four years at Penn yep. State. Was yep. a varsity lacrosse member. Yep. Um, a varsity jacket winning lacrosse member. Yeah. Uh, one, I believe, a uh, second team N- uh, NSAAC award for when Penn State was in that division before the Big Ten ultimately adopted lacrosse. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see. He was not picked up in the player pool yet, but they have the uh, player pool draft. Uh, entry-level draft that's coming up February 25th, I believe. So right around the corner. Uh, it would be very interesting to see. Um, I mean, I know you guys don't follow across Twitter, but I do. And it's been very, uh, let's just say, 
uh, contentious right mm. now because a lot of people, uh, you know, are not excited about a 33-year-old uh, ex-football player coming into the Premier League with a lot with the MLL uh, being bought out. There's a lot of players right now who had jobs who are, you know, kind of in a flux of whether they're right. going to be able to continue their playing career right. or not because they only brought over one team. So there's not a lot of room and a lot of guys in the draft. So right. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that are uh, kind of 50-50 split. I'm, I mean, if the guy can play, he can play. You know, obviously he's put out a, a video on his uh, Instagram uh, of him practicing, so it seems like he's had a stick in his hands. It's not like he is, uh, you know, just kind of been like, all right, I'm just gonna go. I'm done playing football. I'm gonna go play lacrosse. Um, so hopefully, you know, um, he, if he makes a roster, it's under real merit and not just because you know somebody you know they want to generate the buzz, which. I get why they would want to do yeah. that. I'm yeah. just saying, yeah. like, you know, yeah. I, I I, would hope that they would uh, hold it to a certain standard of uh, of play. But we'll see. I mean, I'm very excited. Another uh, former football player also, uh, Indianapolis Colts uh, running back, also came over the league, too, to play lacrosse. So, um, you know, a lot of players are picking up on the sport, and it's great. You know, obviously, yeah. growth and development is the number one thing I want to see. So. Yeah. All right, Pat? Yeah, uh, two things quick. One is a recommendation. Uh, last week on HBO Max, season one of Genlock, from, uh, the show from Rooster Teeth, got added. Fantastic show. Uh, season two in production right now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely should give it a check uh, because uh, it stars Michael B. Jordan. Might have heard of him. Uh, David Tennant. Might have heard of him. Uh, Dakota Fanning. Might have heard of uh, her. And also Maisie Williams. A little familiar with that name. Uh, Definitely a show you should check out. It's one season. I forget. I'm looking here. How many episodes is this? Uh, Looks like it's eight episodes. Eight or nine episodes. Not too long. I think they're about a half hour piece. If they only would have known the cast that they had at the time. Yeah. So, so, like I said, great show. Definitely give it a watch. It's on HBO Max. Season two coming soon. Uh, For sports. Baseball is back, baby. Uh, pitchers and catchers have reported uh, today, or yeah, today, and then position players, I believe, are coming in the next couple days. Uh, games do not start until the end of the month, uh, February 28th, to be specific. Uh, they've reworked uh, the spring training schedule a little bit because the pandemic is still going on. So I know for the Yankees specifically, they'd normally travel all over because they travel, they per, uh, per, do spring training in the Grapefruit League, a.k.a. the Florida. Uh, they normally travel up and down Florida and going all over the place to play, play spring training games. They're going to keep it centralized and localized, so I think the furthest they're going to go out is an hour away from Tampa, Florida, so that way they're not traveling far, they're not getting it super exposed, So, which is good, So, but definitely happy to have pitchers and catchers back. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, Yankees, let's go. Yes, obviously. Do we need to say more than that? Sure. Uh, <laughs> other, other than fuck Houston. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm on that one. I'm definitely on that one. Lock the Astros. Yeah, they can, you know, yeah, kick rocks. Uh, but, yeah, baseball. Yeah. <laughs> When's football season? Uh, what did Never. I say? 200 days away from college football. So long. <laughs> Don't lie. You got it on your calendar. I, yeah, no. I mean, who even knows what kind of season? I mean, the regular schedules are out, but who knows if it will change. We just got to wait and see when we get to that time of year. Sure. So, that being said, I got a couple bases to go with before we start talking some wrestling. So, uh, casting news was announced. Now, gentlemen, have you played the game The Last of Us? A uh, little bit. I have not. 
Okay. Fantastic game uh, for the little I've played. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, this game has been winning awards left and right, and they did announce the casting of the two leads for the upcoming HBO yep. Max show. HBO Max show, where the game's creator is heavily involved in the show. Uh, so, And much more so than just being, oh, he's an executive producer. No, the dude's highly involved. Yeah, Neil Druckmann yes. uh, is the gentleman, and it was announced that... Pedro Pascal, everybody's favorite Mandalorian. I'm, I'm convinced the man doesn't sleep. Yeah. Dude's on fire right yeah, now. Yeah, uh-huh. the biggest name in Hollywood, in our opinions. And Bella Ramsey, who we know from Game of Thrones, yeah. has been casting the roles of Joe and Ellie yep. for the show. So uh, not too much news going on for that, but I know that's been a hot-button topic about who's going to get cast for this because obviously the game yep. is you know, through the roof of if popularity. If y'all thought the internet reacted poorly to what happened when uh, Glenn died on walking dead just wait yeah this yeah That's all i'm gonna say the, you played the game you know what's gonna happen this will definitely uh be something to keep an eye on for when it comes out also talking hbo max it has been announced that constantine is going to get a reboot series uh they are in the very very early stages and is not going to be connected to keanu reeves's movie or matt ryan from the legends of tomorrow universe is, is oh. good, which is which is fine you know matt ryan is amazing but that show he did was awful yeah so that's something to keep an eye out for. Like I said, it's very in the early phases right now. So it's definitely something we want to keep an eye on for moving forward. Uh, talking movie news as well. Uh, tomorrow, as we record, uh, it will be February 18th. And that will be the release date for the new Mortal Kombat trailer. Mortal Kombat! We actually, ironically, listened to that while working out this morning. Oh, get out. We were all talking about, Wow. That is nuts. We've been living in this world, uh, my lifting friends and I have, like, coincidences have been happening very, 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 cool, like, a lot. And sure. now, sure. this just adds on top of it. Yeah, so this is definitely something to keep an eye on for. If you, if you know the video game franchise, if you know the first movie, which was actually one of the better uh, video game movies of all time, the second one is Hot Garbage, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the early photos have been released of the characters, and the trailer is supposed to drop, like I said, February 18th. It will be a, the movie will be coming to movie theaters if you are allowed to go see them and HBO Max on April sixteenth. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on for moving forward. And last bit of news is talking movies, but talking comics. Okay, it has been announced by DC Comics that they are going to be running some digital series continuing the universes of Superman seventy eight and Batman eighty nine. Yeah. So they're both going to be starting digital at first and kind of see where we go. Uh, most, like the same vein of Batman 66. Yep. So definitely if you're a fan of those movies, this is going to be something to look forward to. I know there's a lot of Batman 89 fans to listen. So something to keep an eye on for when you're heading to the comic shop. So definitely head out and support your local comic shops whenever you can. Support your great indie comic podcasts such as Cheers the Comics, Wednesday Pull List, Last Comic Shop, Capes on the Couch, Comic Book Keepers. I can keep going, but definitely just head on over to the OchoDuroParleyHour.com directory and join in on one of the Podchaser pages, and we'll point you in the right direction for that. So let us talk some wrestling and take the show home. Wrestling! Wrestling. <laughs> Coach is super excited to talk about this because this Sunday is WWE's Elimination Chamber card. Okay. So this is obviously the one that should set the tempo of who is going to be mm-hmm. fighting the other champion that's not the Royal Rumble winner mess. Right, right. You know, that happens every year. Every year. Yeah. But we conveniently get saved by the fact that Elimination Chamber is the pay-per-view right after. So Yeah, so this will definitely... 
possibly answer some questions. It Doubt might, it. It might not. I mean, obviously, Edge, who won the Royal Rumble, has not declared who he's fighting just yet. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the internet is holding their breath. It's Finn Balor, but... That'd be, that'd Dude, be awesome. I actually am on that Finn Balor train. I think it makes the most sense. Oh, I do yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, At this point, I him and Drew, him and Roman do nothing for me. But him versus Finn, I can get up for. He, he goes against Roman... I'm going to take a piss break at the beginning of the match and come back. Same can be said if he goes against Drew. Like, cool, awesome. Kind of seen that before. If he goes up against Finn, though, yo, I'm in. Yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities there. And I think for NXT to have the Royal Rumble winner fight for that, yeah, that's a huge yeah. statement. Yeah. But this card should kind of feel out the rest of the WrestleMania show. I know we're uh, over 60 days away. Yep. But still a lot to talk about. So, Pat, let's break down the card and give yeah. our picks. Yeah, so uh, first off we have for the United States Championship, you have Bobby Lashley defending against Keith Lee and Riddle. Coach, your thoughts? Well, I rumor is uh, Keith Lee might be removed from the match. I heard something, something about that. I mean, yeah. yep. so I'm, it might be just Riddle versus uh, Bobby Lashley. Could be. Uh, Bobby Lashley retains here. Yeah, Bobby Lashley retains. Don't see anything really moving the needle to really take the title off him. I would say... Lash, well, I'm going to say Lashley is going to retain either way. But the only thing that would take the title off him is if they put him in the Elimination Chamber that night. Well, could be. They're not doing that, but I'm just saying if they had, then that would be the reason he'd lose. But this right. is going to be Lashley's, and we're going to have to keep an eye on whatever is going on with Keith Lee. Yeah. Uh, hoping for the best there. Yeah. Next up. Next up is a match that's announced but might not happen, and I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, for the Raw Women's Championship, you have Asuka taking on Lacey Evans. Now, the reason I say it might not happen is it's come out that uh, Lacey Evans is legit pregnant. Now, i got to say, a lot of people like to say Ric Flair is the dirtiest player in the game. Uh, I think we need to give that moniker to a new wrestler, that being Asuka. Uh, in less than a calendar year, she has been scheduled to go up against two women for the belt in various degrees, and in both instances, they have ended up pregnant. So had with a theory. Just saying she so, was she won money in the bank and at some point was gonna have a match against Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Surprise, Becky Lynch is pregnant. You're the champion now. Flash forward, not even a year. We're not even a year path uh since that, you know. Uh scheduled to face Lacey Evans. Raw so, Raw Women's Championship. Lacey Evans is pregnant. If you're not ready to have a baby, stay away from Asuka and a world title yeah. match. Yes. Is that what you're telling me? Uh that's what it sounded okay. like, yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, so like I said, the <laughs> match is still on WWE, hasn't canceled it or any, but if the fact that it's le- out that she is legit pregnant, it probably won't happen. Here's my answer to what I'm looking forward to in this match. It being over. Well, let's say plug Billy Kay in there. Why not? Well, I was going to say, they're definitely going to plug somebody in there. I would not doubt Peyton Royce gets it Ooh, because okay. she was paired with Lacey Evans. And I'm sorry, like that whole gimmick with Ric Flair and Lacey Evans and, and Charlotte yeah. was bad to begin with. It was yeah. bad when it was Tori Wilson and Dawn Marie way back when, and now we're... It's just bad because we know, like, the dudes, the husband's been around. Yeah. Like, that just makes it even more awkward. Yeah, like I said, it's just, yeah. it's just extremely awkward, so... Asuka may or may not be wrestling that night. I, like I said, I got a feeling she's going to go against Peyton Royce unless they want to move somebody else on the card. Could be. What I think would be the smart move to do is you just had the winners of the Dusty Rhodes uh, Classic in NXT yep. that have now earned a women's tag team title shot. That's true. And that's Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Yep. So put why that not? match at Mania. Yeah, I'd say put them against Shayna and Nia. Yeah. 
So if you need a filler match, then yeah. I, I mean it's quick. It's, it'll yeah. work. Yeah, uh, I'm going to lump these two matches up and up next together because, hey, let's face it, they are. Uh, you have the Men's Elimination Chamber match uh, with King Corbin uh, going up against uh, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, and Jey Uso. And no matter who wins that match, they're pulling double duty that night because it was announced on SmackDown this past Friday night uh, that the winner of the Men's Elimination Chamber match will then take on Roman Reigns that same night for the Universal Championship. Coach, who you got? Kevin Owens, probably. I mean, yeah. why not? Let's just see it for a fourth time. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be Kevin Owens. I've, I've read some rumors that there's going to be at least one more burn-off match between the two, so I, probably that. I mean, it'd be cool to see Cesaro, though. See, I, Cesaro hadn't gotten many rubs other than the tag team title run he had with Sheamus a couple years ago, so give Cesaro a rub. I'm going to say Daniel Bryan. Okay. That I think that Cesaro... See, it's weird with SmackDown, but this is a good weird, though. They're establishing contenders that don't really kind of have a clear-cut path to the title. Sure. Nakamura has now been finally getting pushed. Right. Yep. Been a long time coming. Got his proper intro, intro music back. Exactly. Cesaro has been cutting promos. Right. That have been very impassioned and, you know, the type that would lead you to think that he could be in the world title. Dude, if you, if, so for the people that are like, he can't cut promos or whatever, not just the Talking Smack promo, but if you like watch the Up, Up, Down, Down stuff, the dude's a character. Yeah. Oh, oh God, He's yeah. got oh, God, so, yeah. like, I mean, so I'm going to go get dinner for Aaron and I. We watch Uno on Wednesdays because that's what they play on Wednesday. And, I mean, we are in stitches when Cesaro starts, you know, making fun of guys. He's so funny. Yeah. Oh, he he's an absolute character. And I think that he could definitely get himself over if they, sure. if they let him be him. So that's why I say, like, you might see him sneak it in there. Uh, I don't know if they would let him just do one night and be done. And that's right. why I say, like, I think it could be Daniel Bryan because that would be one heck of a way to do a main event yeah. that they've been talking about. Unless you're going to do Daniel Bryan versus Roman at Mania. Right. Well, which, yeah, that's why I think Kevin gets a blow off and then they, they move on to Daniel Bryan now. All, yeah. Listen, all Kevin Owens cares about is jumping off that, that pirate ship. Yeah, and he's going to do that on somebody. Yep, he tweeted out the photo of it. He has not forgotten. Yeah, oh, it's going to happen. Yep, and then uh, the last match. Probably going to be the main event uh, for the WWE Championship. You have Drew McIntyre defending his belt against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston in the Elimination Chamber match. Coach, your thoughts? So I'm running on the theory that I want Edge to face um, Balor. Balor. I think okay. that would be great. I think it's a perfect way to squeeze in another main event when they've talked about wanting to have four main event level matches. I think there's a reason why Finn Balor retained the NXT title going into WrestleMania season. Um, So I think that's what it is. However, I'm still putting myself in Vince's shoes. What makes sense in his eyes? Edge versus Randy Orton. So I think Randy Orton comes out of Elimination Chamber as the champion. Unfortunately. I'm going to say it's going to be AJ. Uh, have okay. a, and then Drew will get his reshot at uh, his uh, rematch at WrestleMania. Just because I'm looking at the list, Kofi. No disrespect, we had Kofi Mania a couple years ago. I don't think you're going to be able to recapture that lightning in a bottle twice, especially so close together. Sheamus, no. Uh, Jeff Hardy, his championship days are long since past. Uh, as for Randy Orton, I think he's going to end up facing the Fiend at WrestleMania because let's face it, there's a reason they keep bringing up him with Alexa Bliss every week on Monday Night Raw. It is in this past week, how dark that got. Yeah, I mean, the satanic circle and bringing it back, you know, that whole thing. It, they wouldn't keep bringing it up if there weren't plans for it. Yeah. So I think he Randy's going to end up facing the Fiend at WrestleMania. 
Alexa Bliss probably be involved. So I think that it would leave, in, at least in my kind of, you know, elimination here, that would leave uh, Drew going up against AJ. My So my thing with that, because I thought the same, you know, obviously that seems like the story, but they wrestled five years ago on Mania. Mm. Like, I don't think that they would want to re redo that so soon when Edge is hanging around there. That's yeah. just, I mean, that's yeah. what I was thinking. It, it's a 50-50 with that because you, you don't really know what the plan is. I mean, this year has not been exactly laid out, except I think with Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Right. Which should, yeah. be, which should be an event that Saturday night, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. My pick for this, I think Drew wins the match, but The Miz cashes in. Ooh. All right. Well, I forgot about that. Yeah, that I know he pulled himself out, and that's how Kofi got in the match. Right. But... It would make sense that it would throw definitely people off. The Hellacious mi- match. He, let's just say, let's just say hypothetically, Drew's one of the first two entrants to be involved in the match, so he goes through a long growing match. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, and then that gives you Drew versus Miz rematch at Mania. Yeah, yeah. but Bad Bunny's hanging around there. Listen, but, the only thing with Bad Bunny is Bad Bunny's dropping that belt, the 24-7 belt on SNL this weekend. Yeah, he, he probably I'm is. Call, I'm calling that right now. And now, I mean, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the, so Bad Bunny's hanging around. He's been at the Performance Center. He's already yeah. said that he wants a match. Who better to put him in the ring with than Miz and Morris? Miz and Morris True. with him and Priest. Yeah, because I think the, so. I think if Miz was going to headline anyone, it would be the L.A. Uh, yeah. mania. Yeah. yeah. That would make that would make a lot more sense. So I mean, I get I like that. What you said is is without Bad Bunny hanging around there is yeah. an ideal situation because that's how you can get Drew and Miz into the main event of this WrestleMania and make it make sense. Get the fucking briefcase off of the Miz finally mm-hmm. and have him cash in and whatever. I just with Bad Bunny hanging around and hearing that he's at the Performance Center, you know that they're going to use him on Mania. Yeah, he's definitely talking about doing that tag match against Miz and Morrison, yep. which makes sense. Like, and that's a, that's a huge move. I mean, he's the number one franchise or uh, merchandise seller. Yeah, right and now. I mean, you put him in there with guy, you put him in there with workers, and those that's what those two are. You yeah, know, they're professionals, so they're going to make sure that they take care of them, make them look like a million bucks. So, it just makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then, I mean, because otherwise, I'd say you give him a tag team title shot, but I can't even think who the Raw tag team champion. Oh, it's the Hurt Business. That's how infrequent the belts yeah, are defended. I, that's how bad. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't doubt that match happening. I mean, even though I love the Hurt Business, and they deserve a lot better, but, you know. No, it'll end up being fucking New Day running it back for the umpteenth trillion time. Yeah. Probably New Big Day? E coming out and making a save, you yeah. know, doing that whole thing. He could do something. Or, you know who could be somebody that we're not even suspecting is Ali. I did. I read that, that this would be Ali's uh, payback for, you know, Kofi Mania would be him costing him being able to be in the Elimination Chamber match. Yeah, which I'd be Could excited. Be. I'd be excited to see Kofi against Ali at Mania. Yeah, I, I, I'd that'd, be, be, that'd be good. That'd be really excited. Ali does not get enough time to wrestle in the ring anymore. No. And he's one of the best on the mic, too. A lot of storylines are going to get summed up with the WWE Elimination Chamber going on this Sunday, February 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the WWE Network. I'm not sure if this is the last paper. This is. This is. This is. is. Oh, God. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. I almost kind of forgot about that. I I knew it was coming up. Like, I'm all set with Peacock, so it's like it's just a matter of me flipping over. Yeah. So it's just like now, okay, when is this happening? So this will be the last one on the WWE Network before the transition to Peacock. Yep. So if you need to make your changes now, or I mean, it's supposed to be a gradual transition anyway. Uh, just kind of stay tuned to your uh, social medias and instructions on what to do so you don't miss out on WrestleMania when it happens. Like I said, under 60 days away. Let's go. 
So that all being said, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH podcast is that of Brian Wolf, and we definitely want to wish him and everybody affected by the storms in the south of the Absolutely. USA the best. Please stay safe. Please stay warm. Please stay healthy as much as you can during these trying times. So Brian, unfortunately, will not be streaming Wednesday night, but if you want to find out what's going on with him, Second Suitor, Floodlands, Shout of the Robots, and all the great music you hear on the ODPH. Swing on over to Wearpad. OchoDuroParleyHour.com. Right. Check out the music section. You can find out about all those great musicians and where to support them because you should because they're amazing. Also on the webpage, you can go check out the directory, which has Friends of the Show, Organizational Link Support, and Black Lives Matter, all the amazing pod groups we are in via their pod chaser pages. Because, Coach, what is the rule concerning that? If you are uh fuck. I don't know. Okay. If you're a podcast, you're not a pod chaser group. Are you even a podcast? I said it every fucking weekend. I know it's wrong. I know you do, and that's why I keep bringing it up. The rule is... The one with the gold makes the rules. No, that's not it either, Pat. The rule is, gentlemen, if you claim that you're in a pod group and you're not on pod chaser, you're not in a pod group. That's how it is. So we definitely want to shout out to all our friends in Pod Nation, the Legion Independent Podcast, the Innerd circle because we are in a new one now so definitely shout out to jvd and everybody else in that one the apocalypse alternate reality radio and of course hashtag six seven podcast 8122 productions shout out to our guys rich ron hashtag big natty cool still on twitter pad oh boy and still talking a lot of trash coach he is being very disrespectful to conor mcgregor for what i oh. mean move on man no, the he, fight's he, over with. He has called you out a little bit, so you might want to have a little word well, with him. Well, I'll see him, what, in two weeks, right? That's the Adesanya. Yep, March yeah. 6th is going All right. down. Let's go. You can definitely find out everything going on with those guys over at patreon.com slash 8122productions.com. Or 8122productions. But if you want to go to the website, it's 8122productions.com. So much information. That's why I say go to the website, and you can find out everything that's going on with the ODPH and our friends over at ochodoraparleyhour.com. That's all I got for this week. So for your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Good night and good luck. For the one only Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.